Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now, Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Hey, it's Big Sky Breakdown. SkylineSportsMT.com. Probably hear a little audio slave in the background. We're doing this Hunter S. Thompson style. We're sitting down at the Town and Country Lounge, which is uh, one of my favorite watering holes in Missoula. Uh, I came down here to uh, check out the lay of the land in the neighborhood. We're recording this about 5 p.m. on a Saturday. We got a date with the Montana State men's basketball team on, uh, in about an hour. Montana State at Weber State. So maybe you're a uh, a uh, Big Sky Conference fan that's going to check out that game. We just got done with a women's basketball game here in Missoula. So this is our first Big Sky Breakdown post-game reaction from the women's side. I've done a couple of these after Grizz and Bobcat men's games, but none uh, after the uh, women yet. Idaho State, the defending Big Sky Conference champions, they come into Missoula, a 65-58 win for the Bengals, and that's two years in a row Idaho State has won at Dahlberg Arena three straight victories, actually maybe even four out of five when I really think back to the last couple years for Idaho State coming to Dahlberg, and uh, just another platitude on top of what once was an unbreakable Lady Grizz tradition. I'm not saying that they're not going to get it back someday, but uh, with each passing week in Big Sky play, we see more and more streaks against the Lady Grizz that seemed implausible and uh, almost unfathomable 15, 20 years ago. But uh, Montana, they lose 65-58 to Idaho State, and uh, there's nothing really eye-opening or spectacular about this game other than Estefania Orz's offensive execution in the first half and then sort of the uh, steady hand and no panic that Idaho State used in the second half. This game was tied at 30 in the half uh, at halftime. ISU won the third quarter by six points and the fourth quarter by one point. So nothing crazy or dramatic, but uh, certainly a great effort by Idaho State. And the Lady Grizz split the weekend. I mean, earn a split against Weber State for the season, but Idaho State and the Lady Grizz split, the, or excuse me, are a sweep for Idaho State this year over the Lady Grizz. So uh, ISU now 10-3 in conference play. Montana 6-4 in conference play. Uh, Andrew Hout, who was on the uh, Idaho State beat, for the Idaho State Journal for a couple years, so he knows both these teams pretty well. But, Andrew, um, nothing spectacular about Idaho State's performance other than just how steady and sort of surgical it was. Yeah, Coulter really points to the difference between these two teams because it was a close game at halftime and all through the third quarter. But Idaho State just puts together a little 6-0 run at the end of the third quarter, takes a six-point lead to the fourth, and then just suffocates Montana. I mean, Montana scored five points in the first nine minutes of the fourth quarter. And Idaho State didn't execute well on offense, but that allows them to pull away, and it's just, I mean, Brian Holsinger says this is a learning experience for his Lady Grizz team. Idaho State doesn't need them anymore. They know how to win games like this. Play the game for me. Idaho State inbounding from the baseline with one second left on the shot clock. That's a play you've got it. I mean, you have to get a shot clock violation there if you're the Grizz. Nope. Tamika Whitman cuts down the open lane. Layup 
with one second left on the shot clock. Huge bucket there, and it's just, I mean, Idaho State makes those plays down the stretch. Montana doesn't. I also thought that the way that the stretch was navigated was uh, masterful by Seton Soboleski and a lot to learn still for Brian Holsinger in his first year as the Lady Grizz head coach. Uh, sort of subsequent sequence of events. Naya Morris-Nelson, who's a reserve uh, wing for the Lady Grizz, she shot terrible on Thursday night. She came off the bench tonight, though, and hit a couple shots, including a big three with uh, about 324 left in the fourth quarter to cut it to six. It had been as much as 11 or even 13 in the fourth quarter at one point. Um, but then with 324 left, Diaba Canate, the Idaho State point guard, was able to dribble out the clock on multiple possessions, and Idaho State basically milked it with just a 9-11 to point lead all the way down to a minute to go. And then the Lady Grizz just really didn't have any time left. The other key moment down the stretch, Sammy Fatkin, who was one of the key facilitators and key scorers for Lady Grizz, she went down with a rolled ankle. She was in significant pain, but she actually did return to the game but uh, was a, kind of a non-factor after she came back in. But when she went out, then it was uh, all Sophia Styles with the ball in her hands, and Styles really struggled. She made several key mistakes. Uh, she had two botched layups, a turnover uh, within the scope of play, and also a turnover on an inbounds play. She also had a key steal down the stretch, uh, but the Lady Grizz were kind of rattled after Fatkin went out as well. But more, most, more than anything, though, I thought that seeing Soboleski and his veteran squad, they just navigated the last four minutes of this game. Like you said, like a team that's been there before, and the Lady Grizz are talking growing pains and baby steps and all these things, but the fact of the matter is it's one of the best basketball traditions in all of women's basketball, and uh, where they are right now and where they could and should be are two completely different things. But I thought it was a clinic by Idaho State uh, down the stretch, especially by Coach Sobolewski. Well, the other thing, Coulter, is that Idaho State's defense is very good. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league under Coach Sobolewski. They've got good defenders. They know what they want to do. They have weaknesses, though. And we saw that we saw that with Sacramento State when Sacramento State went to Pocatello and upset them a couple weeks ago. We saw that in in the game that Montana State won against Idaho State on Thursday, where Cole Badbear was getting the ball in the post in in uh, important situations, and she went and fouled out three of Idaho State's bigs in the fourth quarter. Idaho State has shots that they want you to shoot, and Montana just played into that. They didn't try to force the ball inside. Carmen G. Veller and Abby Anderson hardly got any touches in the post down the stretch of this game. Um, it was a lot of mid-range jump shots, a lot of kickouts to the corner, and and tough threes with people flying at you and closing out hard, and those are the shots that Idaho State wants you to take. Big Shot Breakdown presented by Alpine Touch as well as Blackfoot Communications. You can find more analysis on this game during the Montana Basketball Hour on Nuanas Now on Monday, 102.9 ESPN Radio in Western Montana or on SWX Montana Television or the Nuanas Now podcast or you can stream the show or you can watch it on YouTube. You already know all the tricks. You can find it there, but appreciate you being here. Up first, Seton Soboleski, his team, the victor, 65-58 over Montana. Here's Idaho State's head basketball coach after his team's 10th conference victory. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news.
I am Morris Nelson hit that three Montana a little momentum, but you guys were up six. Then it seemed like you closed the game out pretty easy. How are you guys able to close it out? Uh, didn't definitely didn't feel easy. <laughs> you know, I was on uh, eggshells the, until the very end. You know, we were sharing some stories in the hallway just before we locked, walked in the locker room and when Coach Selby was here. I remember a lot of times you feel like you're doing really well and you, you go into halftime and maybe you're up in an ugly game 29 to 26 and then you lose by 20 in the second half and you know they just kill you on the glass and hit big shots and and um, you know so I never felt comfortable at all um, but I think our, we responded really well we got really screwy with the ball uh, end of the first half a lot of turnovers a lot of uh, quick shots that weren't very good and um, I'm proud of our team of how well we settled down offensively in the second half. Well that's been the thing here for decades is when oh, they get ignited by the crowd they just ride the momentum. How important is it to mitigate that though because you guys never really let the crowd get into it? Yeah well we, we're a little experienced now yeah. uh, playing against some of these big crowds like even this year we were in front of uh, 6,000 at Oregon and lost by 50 you know so we're used to that a little bit so hopefully we're mature enough to handle when when things get crazy but um yeah when the, when they get going when the crowd gets going here it's definitely a uh, very difficult place to play you guys executed so well offensively in the first quarter and then they were able to tie the game at halftime what they changed in the second quarter but then how are you guys able to take back control in the second half i thought their energy uh university of montana's energy really picked up in the second quarter and we didn't respond very well and they got a little bit more aggressive, and we, we did some screwy things with the ball, uh, had some bad shots, so that really, I think, made the difference for them. I bounced back after Thursday. What was the key to that? Just to have a great attitude and play with great energy and, and not to think too far ahead. You know, we just want to keep it simple, game to game. Um, you know, no rearview mirrors. We're not worried about what, what happened on Thursday. We're just trying to move forward. Able to kind of deny some post touches for them, kind of by fronting and kind of denying the lob if they try to lob it up. How did that kind of factor into tonight's game? Well, it was actually huge, yeah. and this uh, Ellie just was went crazy in the locker room because she had no fouls, which is, <laughs> you know, that's a rarity. Yeah. Usually, she's always in foul trouble because she has to bang around and, and try to figure out how to guard the post. But mm-hmm. I thought that was a big part of this game, um, as we were at least able to take away the post a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Is that like a sustainable thing? You guys are having to double sometimes to try and get up the shooter. I don't know. I don't know if it is because it all depends on the opponent and their offense. Sure. You know, and the angles of throwing the ball into the post and, and things like that. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We might just have to be game to game. Sure. Uh, one of uh, Steffi's better games is the field. I mean, 18 points, uh, 8 of 14 from the field. It seemed like after she turned it over a couple times in the second, that she kind of turned it around later in the game. What's going to make it the way she played tonight? Yeah, I mean, that's the Steffi. You know, she, she came out in that second half with great energy and, and um, you know, played well. She, we needed her to hit shots, you know, and especially right at the beginning of that third quarter. I think that eased our nerves a little bit when she hit that three off the, the pin down screen. And, um, you know, she's our veteran go-to player. We need her for stuff like that. And so she came through for us today. You suppose they didn't pressure the ball those last two, two, three minutes? I mean, just sort of let you walk it down? And I don't know. I'm not quite sure what their strategy was. Sometimes <laughs> they want to maybe get a quick trap, see if you turn it over, and then a foul after that. Um, I'm not sure. Sometimes people are weary of Diaba. You know, they don't want to pressure too much because she can turn it on, but um, I'm not quite sure. The play to the Mika. I mean, it's hard to say you have a play for one second left on the shot clock, but what, what was the call there? Was that was luck. It was complete luck. Yeah. Um, you know, we wanted to actually throw a lob to Ellie, and she couldn't get open, and I was just telling the inbounder to throw it anyway, you know? And this Tamika made a hard cut into a gap, and that was just, she made a great read. I shouldn't say luck, it was a great read.
Speaking, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to ask about Tamika, too. I mean, that came right after the three that she hit. And, and not a great game for her shooting, but the, no. the, the confidence to still take that three late in a tough situation and make it. Yeah, I mean, she's grown in that department so much. And, um, you know, it's, it's, if it's not her, it's somebody. You know, it's, she's on the floor. She might as well take that shot. And they really sagged off of Diaba in the second half a lot. And, and Styles is double-teaming the post or d- a, a double-teaming every drive. And, and Diaba had to keep shooting. And finally she got one to, to go down at an important point, too. That was, I mean, I think that three from Diaba turned it into like a nine-point game later in the fourth quarter. It seemed like the defense was content because this kind of let her sue, and she kind of takes like two or three seconds just to line it up and just knock it yeah. down. I'm wondering, God, do you think that says something about like her confidence or patience? Because she's not really, hasn't been much of a shooter like her past couple of years, but now she's kind of, you know, feeling more comfortable taking those shots, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think she has. You know, her shooting has just come such a long way um, since her freshman year, and um, you know, we learned a tough le- lesson from Darian White the other night, you know, hitting clutch threes. You know, she just hit a tough dribble up three. And so, um, you know, she's growing. They're all growing. They're all getting better. Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now, Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. And now we're here for Brian Holsinger, first-year head coach for Lady Grizz. His team fell 65-58 to Idaho State. They're 6-4 in league play after a weekend split with Weber State and Idaho State. Coach Holsinger following the home loss. Your perspective? Uh, some is them. They're good. I mean, there's a reason why they're the defending champs, right? Um, you know, our execution against teams that are athletic and physical has not been great. Um, but we're, we're growing. I mean, this is a growing game. This is a game where I told them, I mean, we're talented enough right now to beat a team like that, but we're not a good enough team yet. Um, as far as our execution, as far as, like, just doing the right things more than them. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, offensively, we wanted to get the ball inside. We had trouble with the post entry. You could see it all night. We threw it to the wrong team multiple times when I'm like, uh, we're in white. Right, you just gotta you gotta execute right. You gotta make the right pass. You gotta see the floor. Um, those are basic things that you gotta do. We just didn't do enough of them. It's kind of a little different from Thursday, whereas like tonight the offense was or the team was a little bit slower to start, and then kind of picked it up in the second quarter to tie it at halftime. So were there any adjustments there, or was that just kind of maybe some fatigue from Thursday? What did you see there? Yeah, we started um, we started a little slow for sure. Um, and again, it's just the basic. It's just basic things like not doing the right things enough i mean it's really simple and in the second quarter i mean honestly we did, i was surprised we were tied at half i mean we let, we let them shoot 50% in the in the first half and given in the first half i thought they hit a few shots that were were shock, shocking to us to be honest um, i think they banked in a jumper they banked in a three Ellie Smith hit 217, 15, 17. I mean, we weren't necessarily expecting those shots to go in, especially the bank shots, right, from straight away or whatever they were. Um, so credit to them and made some of those shots. We kind of regrouped and, and got – I felt like a half we got some a lot of good good looks. I felt like going into the second half we were going to continue to do that. Um, we just continue to have stretches where we don't execute right. Um, and that costs you against a good team. Down the stretch, so just the last four minutes, and I hit that three to, to give you some momentum. But then they were able to sort of slow it down, dribble out the clock. What are you thinking? I mean, is it, is it hard to pressure the ball when they have a point guard like that? Yep. 
It definitely <laughs> is. Yeah. You know, you got to pick and choose, right? So we, we wanted to press, but it's it, it's a tricky thing. We got to steal there at the end. I, I, looking back, me, I'm like, should we start pressing a little bit early? But you got to make a basket to start to press. Um, and and we're we're not real deep right now. I'm searching on my bench for players that are going to play right. Um, that we're making too many mistakes coming off our bench right now. So, um, yeah, I wish we probably would have pressed a little bit earlier. I mean, he's smart. He's a good coach, right? He slows it down. They execute. They take the last shot. Um, I thought there was a big mistake on the on the baseline out of bounds. Um, officiating. I'm not going to comment on it because I'll get in trouble. But but um, both ways, by the way, Seaton agreed with me. But um, you know, we went we went man when we had played zone the entire game, and we just we we missed messed up right there, and that was a bad call on my part. Um, probably should have stuck with what we wanted to do. So. With so many veteran players like Idaho State has, I mean, how challenging is their actions and the things they do offensively to guard, especially for younger players that haven't ever done that before? Yeah, I mean, and that's where the mistakes are coming in. We have a lot of kids uh, who make mistakes uh, personnel-wise because they're running a lot of stuff. They run their positionless-type basketball, and so they're running off a lot of different things. Um, You know, I I thought we guarded them good enough, though. I I really did. I thought we guarded them in a way that – good enough to win uh, overall uh, just not again our offense is not just you know Soph was aggressive I wanted her to be aggressive uh, she missed some shots that I thought she could have made tonight didn't go in but we're, it's baby steps with this program you just and, mentioned and like you said baby steps and, and talking with Idaho State coach he, he says you're an improved team this year it's uh, just a matter of getting one of these signature wins over a, a top front runner in the conference are you getting closer do you feel like I think every time you lose to a team like this, you learn something. Uh, tonight, we had, you know, a good championship culture doesn't have selfishness. And we had some selfishness creep in tonight, honestly, um, on our bench. There were some selfish things, and, you know, people are down on themselves. That doesn't work. To win championships, you've got to be together. And so I told them, I'm like, that's growth. You can't, we, gotta, we have to have, be a team that fights against them together. Can't be there, there. Can't be some weird stuff going on within the team that I think I should be playing. Kind of that stuff doesn't work. Um, that stuff's not okay in a program that I'm going to be a part of. And so it's got to go. And until it goes, I just told him, and I was really, really honest. I'm an honest coach. Until that stuff's out, you won't beat a good team. You won't beat one of the better teams until that stuff that that stuff creeps into the locker room. It doesn't work. And so we got to we got to deal with that before we even get better at the basketball stuff mentioned just tonight it's one of these learning games for a team like this so I guess when you as you go forward what's maybe the biggest lesson you want them to take from this game yeah I, I mean I think when things go good we're really good when things are tough we sometimes um, I, I'm a big believer in hard things aren't bad hard things and adversity is good if you approach it right and right now we're not approaching when things go bad we don't approach it right and so we're working through that we're working through that um, I, I told them we, we have a month to, to improve in these areas and let's see how we do again get, when we get a chance to play them again uh, we will improve there's no question that's just what what we do and after such long layoffs you know this kind of this quick turnaround where you have Southern Utah you know on Monday and then you have a couple games next week as well later in the week so you know how much does that help us kind of getting that repetition maybe achieve some of those goals yeah I'm excited about it I, I told him I said I'm excited to go on the road let's band together let's be the right kind of team be the right kind of teammate and let's just keep improving let's keep improving um so that we can beat those good teams, like you said, beat those teams that are seasoned, that are veteran, um, that execute. I mean, down the stretch again, it was no different than down there. They executed better than us down the stretch. They got a bucket when they needed it. We just didn't. Any specific adjustments that you made on Orr's number 14 after she had eight in the first quarter? Yeah, get your hand up. Yeah, that was the one adjustment that I made. Um, 
you know, again, it's, it's just a, it's a it's a process of maturing as a team. When you go into a game and you have a scouting report, and at the bottom it says no. You're right, like make her dribble. You got to make her put the ball on the floor. No easy shots, and we just we're just not disciplined right now. We're not disciplined. We're disciplined in moments. There's stretches where we're really disciplined. But good teams, they'll make you pay. If you don't get your hand up, you're gonna pay. Um, and so we don't do it enough right now to win. And so that was the biggest adjustment we made. We did a better job. Um, but you gotta, you know, we're willing to give some people shots. I mean, we're willing to give, you know, number twenty-three. We're willing to give her shots, and we're okay with that. Um, we're not okay with giving number 14 shots. She's good. Um, and so, you know, those are execution things that I'm talking about, whereas a program, you'll get to a point where Haley and Danny are seniors, and they will never make a mistake like that. They will be locked in all the time. And that's how we won championships at Oregon State, is you just do things right consistently over and over and over, and right now we're not. You talked a little bit about the difficulty of putting pressure on 23 when she's at the end of the game. What about her impact on the defensive end? I mean, she was on... Sammy for a stretch in the second half, and it was tough for Sammy to get the ball. I mean, how does she change the game that? She's good. She's really athletic. Um, She's a veteran, and and I I said, I said, I said, you got to change pace. You got to use screens better. Um, And you know, it's a learning lesson for her. Yeah, you score twenty points, they're going to put their best defender on you, and it's going to be tougher, right? So, you know, I I mean, I thought she got fouled, and the referee came over, and I mean, this, yeah, I don't want to start into the referee (laughs) thing, but they admitted they missed it when she twisted her ankle because the girl was underneath her and so you know that stuff's frustrating uh, but but when you're good people are going to get into you and people are going to make it tough and and that's a maturing thing as well for her three games and five day stretch here how big of a prep do you feel like it is for uh next month where it's going to be that condensed schedule like you're having right now it sucks <laughs> i mean i i hate it um I think the girls probably like it because we don't get to practice, I guess. But, I mean, we're literally going to practice tomorrow morning. Um, so we played. We'll practice tomorrow morning. We'll get on a plane, and then we'll fly down there, and we'll play. Um, that's what we're going to do. Uh, it's not ideal for me. I'm a preparation guy. Uh, I was talking to Seton before the game, and he was like, man, this is interesting. I'm like, you're telling. And, you know, that's an advantage for a team that's veteran. It's a huge advantage for the teams that have been together with their coaches. It's, it just is because you kind of know each other better. We're going one day rest and one day prep. And I mean, we walking through stuff. We're not, we don't get to practice anything because we don't have the legs. Thanks for being here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks to Alpine Touch and Blackfoot Communications for being our presenting sponsors. Check you later, SkylineSportsMT.com.